0: Found them.
1: Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire. And
0: found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at LinkedIn.com slash spoken. That's LinkedIn.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Hey folks, it's Bob from Retronauts and I'm here to let you know that Jeremy and I will once again be at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo this year in Portland, Oregon. It's happening this Sunday, October 19th to 21st, and on the 21st, that's a Sunday, at 3.30, we'll be doing a panel on full motion video games. This will be our sixth year in a row at the show, and we really hope to see you there. And if you're a fan of Talking Simpsons, I'll also be doing two live shows with my pal Henry Gilbert in Portland that weekend. On Saturday, October 20th, we'll be doing two live shows at Kelly's Olympian in Portland, Oregon, and that'll be happening at 426 Southwest Washington Street. We'll be covering the greatest hits of the Simpsons Halloween episodes with a two o'clock show and a five o'clock show. And our five o'clock show will have as a special guest Bill Oakley, former Simpsons writer and showrunner. Tickets are going fast, so if you want to attend either of the Talking Simpsons live shows, go to tinyurl.com/slash Talking Simpsons Halloween. That's tinyurl.com slash TalkingSimpsonsHalloween. Once again, you can see us Sunday, October 21st at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo at 3.30 p.m. And you can see Talking Simpsons live on Saturday, October 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. And again, go to tinyurl.com slash TalkingSimpsonsHalloween to get tickets. That's three big live shows, and I can't wait to see you folks there in Portland. everybody. Welcome to another episode of RetroNauts Micro. I am your host for this one, Bob Mackey, who is here with me today. Here we go! Henry Gilbert. And I promise uh, from this point on, we will do no more Mario imitations. Each of us is allowed one, because (laughs) it can get get very annoying. (laughs) I'm doing this for the sake of our listeners. That was a good one, though, Henry. So uh, this topic today is uh, what I call the many voices of Mario, just something that sort of floated into my head, and I thought it would be a good episode. And you will decide at the end if it was (laughs) uh, via a voting process that I have to establish. This
3: subject is close to my heart because uh, new listeners may not know I am a mega Mario fanboy at uh, my old job. I When I had a desk, I had quite a collection of Marios I had set up that really impressed people. Now they're all boxed up or yeah. have been sold on eBay. But You uh, still
2: have some surfaces in your apartment. That's where we're recording this, by the way. Yes, I can see, and, uh, just st- st- like line up Marios all along your 4K TV.
3: Well, I do have on um, that shelf down there. It's somewhat obscure, but that's where my favorite Marios are, mm. if you see. Including some classics from like 1989 Gashapon machines. I like yeah. I
2: really like the Hammer Brother plushie Mario. Yes. That's good.
3: Yeah. It was back when they didn't have official as, as strict rules. So, like, Bron Presto is just like, here's how, <laughs> we'll, here's how we'll make it. This is what we think Mario should That's look That's like. actually
2: not a tangent because a lot of this episode is uh, <laughs> dealing with what other companies do with Nintendo's characters when they still let that happen. Now Nintendo's like, these are our characters. Mm-hmm. We treat them with so much respect. Universal you can have them, but we will be watching you, like, like hawks. a hawk. Yeah, yeah no. It.
3: Uh, I, I was reminded of when they announced the Mario plus rabbits game, which was so much better than I thought it would ever be. It's XCOM with Mario in it. It's, it's great. It's
2: Surprisingly difficult for being <laughs> XCOM for babbies. Yeah,
3: but the when they talked about the uh, when they announced it, they said that what really impressed Nintendo was when they sh- Ubisoft showed the demo to them. They got Mario and all the other character character designs down. To a T, and Nintendo was like, Wait, how did you must have just taken something from one of our games? Right? They're like, No, we designed it. They it because Nintendo has such strict, specific guidelines on how any Mushroom Kingdom character looks.
2: I still hate the rabbits. I say, Go back to Europe, but uh, it was a good game. I still need to play through all of it, but yeah, Henry, you're also on this podcast because we do two animation podcasts. Yeah, we, we often do more than that, but right now we're doing Talking Simpsons, of course, and What a Cartoon, and What a Cartoon is our weekly look at a different episode of a different cartoon every week. And a lot of these uh, Voices of Mario we're going to look at are from cartoons Mm. and other animated things. So the first one I want to talk about is from the series I was far too young to watch. It was called Saturday Supercade. It was a CBS series with a lot of different segments based on popular arcade games of the time. Have you ever seen this, Henry?
3: It aired before I was born, and also I think due to some... Or right when I was born. And I think due to some like legal... mumbo jumbo with it it was one of those cartoons that didn't get re-aired eight million times when we were kids like it wasn't it wasn't aired a ton of times like later mario cartoons would be so i never got to see it it wasn't until i was a professional and doing research for things that i ever looked up the terrible vhs recordings (laughs) of super k that you'll find on youtube
2: that is true actually i don't think i knew about it until maybe like the early days of the internet but definitely retronauts because people like jeremy and Scott Sharkey were old enough to have seen this. I was like two, and it, uh, my mom probably sat me down in front of it, but I don't remember any no, of this.
3: It was indoctrinating you in yeah. other ways.
2: And it's, it's also, surpri- I mean, I'm sure all of it is available somewhere, but it's not as easy as a quick Google search to find these episodes, especially the Mario stuff. So I want to talk about this series, a uh, two-season series on CBS Saturday mornings, and Mario is played by Peter Cullen and I'll tell you what so we'll hear a clip from the Donkey Kong segments one of them and uh, Peter Cullen is great by the way he's he's fantastically talented but he's not really doing a voice (laughs) and cartoons of this era you were very much doing a voice it wasn't like you were the main character on regular show or whatever just speaking in your speaking voice everyone was doing a crazy voice
3: well because you usually cast in roles like a specific snork or a specific smurf or you were told like yeah it's cartoon voice I recall the guy who did brainy Smurf, he joked about how everybody else on the show did eight voices and he was only brainy Smurf because he was just like an entertainment lawyer who was just hired for that one voice.
2: Boy, I think they were making fun of him by making him brainy Smurf. (laughs) Maybe. He could be the know-it-all asshole on this show. (laughs) Uh, But yes, Peter Cullen, of course, uh, all of you 80s kids and possibly 2000s kids know him as Optimus Prime. He played him in the uh, new awful movies and also the old probably still awful cartoons, but they were anime, so we give him a pass, right? Yes, yeah.
3: No, I, for a time, Peter Cullen was one of my favorite.
2: Optimus Prime is my favorite Transformer, so I have a lot of respect for Old Peter Cullen still with us. He is, and I think he's like in his early 70s, but he is the quote-unquote new Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh, and by new I mean from the last 35 years.
3: Yeah, well, now in the recent Christopher Robin film, he was replaced by Aww. Brad
2: Garrett. Boo, come on, man. That Look, sucks. Look, they're planning for the future. They can't... I guess so. You know. But Brad Garrett is also a voice actor. That feels that feels rude to me. They
3: should have gone with a younger... Pro- Honestly, he's a voice actor in his probably early 50s or late 40s, so if you, they should have cast a guy in his late
2: 20s to be or they should have cast Steven Wright.
3: (laughs) (laughs) well that's also the age problem
2: that is true that is true Uh, so some of his main roles of course like i said optimus prime Eeyore, and monterey jack from rescue rangers but if you check out his imdb he is has done everything Uh, not a lot of like huge main characters outside of the ones i mentioned but he is just a legend he's a go-to guy like your frank welkers of the world or your rob paulson's he's been doing it for a long long time and i'm sure he was on gi joe too
3: uh yeah i would bet he did a one off voice i in video game land i also know that he on the pac-man animated series covered in previous podcasts of retronauts (laughs) uh
2: he did pac cat i believe okay yeah that makes sense what a memorable character that was (laughs) but uh i want to go over some of the segments or all of the segments rather from the saturday super k to tell you what they were in case you don't know and then we'll wrap up this this segment with donkey kong so uh, Frogger so a lot, of these, oh, a lot a wor- of these I've seen
3: that one that's the worst
2: I mean arcade characters of this era and arcade games of this era did not have a lot of story to them mm-hmm. the story if it existed would be Three sentences on the arcade screen, like on the <laughs> on the overlay on the over the monitor. So Frogger uh, is an ace reporter for some reason, and that all of his stories don't really involve crossing the street. It's more about getting scoops. <laughs> uh, we'll see. So uh, Happy Days uh, wrapped up around this time. It was a very popular sitcom from the fifties, and we'll see a lot of Happy Days rubbing off on cartoons of the eighties. So uh, Qbert is basically Happy Days, Ugh. but with the Qbertiverse mm-hmm. which was the style at the time, as I said. Uh, th- this also happened in Donkey Kong Jr. So, in the Donkey Kong Jr. cartoon segments, he teamed up with a greaser named Bones oh, to find his dad. So that I you know, at least in the case of DK and DK Jr. They had a r-
3: actual story to start from because Miyamoto wanted to have some sort of story. Meanwhile, like Pac Man, Pac Man. Kubert Frogger like they have nothing they have no story and they also don't even wear clothes that so. is true it <laughs> is
2: you... i think they gave kubert like shorts or a jacket or something frogger definitely has a jacket
3: yeah it's it's so weird i i just remember in research for something i watched the Kubert episode where they, it's a beach, it's a surf competition, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's that, that sounds bad.
2: disgusting. So, Pitfall is Pitfall. I mean, it just they just do the Pitfall things, which is fine. It's just mm-hmm. like ripoff Indiana Jones. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, Space Ace is just Space Ace. Although I couldn't find any of the clips from Space Ace, but I guess it was kind of a rude awakening to go from Don Bluth animation to <laughs> Ruby Spears animation. Oh
3: God! I yeah. mean,
2: because Don Bluth made like twenty minutes of fantastic animation for those full motion video games. But that's all he made. So mm-hmm. he could put as much work into them as possible.
3: And meanwhile, Ruby Spears was sub-Hanna-Barbera animation.
2: And I think they prided themselves on not, not outsourcing uh, mm-hmm. one of those companies. <laughs> I think it was Ruby Spears. It could have been Filmation. <laughs> uh, outsourcing uh, to Japan is what made uh, animation in the 80s great, by the way. So Kangaroo. Who cares about Kangaroo? I don't know what the lore of Kangaroo is. I don't care. I, 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 I mean, mean, they do that? They already have Donkey Kong. They don't need the Donkey Kong ripoff Kangaroo. Uh, no one really cares about Kangaroo. So <laughs> let's move on to the final installment. Uh, Donkey Kong. So this follows the um, the kind of lore of Donkey Kong Jr. Actually. So Mario and Pauline are the villains who are trying to capture Donkey Kong, who escaped from the circus. And in this series, Donkey Kong is stupid, and he ends up being tricked by criminals repeatedly. Mm. And in the end of most of these episodes, uh, Mario and Pauline have to realize he was being tricked, and then team up with Donkey Kong to <laughs> defeat the cr- the criminals
3: every time. That is so funny. Like, well, that's that way they can play it both ways. Like, well, Mario has just reasons for doing this but donkey kong also isn't wrong either so true. everyone
2: gets to say innocent it's the uh series of the most moral ambiguity
3: <laughs> i'm guessing there's a lot of uh children's
2: cartoon crime going on here like diamond heist and uh s- smuggling i'm sure it'd be like cake cake thieves or something oh, like that yeah. but uh so in this series they actually got a pretty big tv star to play donkey kong so i'm guessing the the old men writing this show, or rather the middle aged people writing this show, grew up watching this guy. Uh, Donkey Kong is played by Soupy Sales. What? Yes. Oh my um, god So that there you have it folks That's a, a huge get For Saturday mornings And I'm sure a lot of parents Were like That's Soupy Sales And the kids are just like I don't give a shit Get away from me It's, it's yeah. the early 80s man I'm I living can, it up I, I didn't watch All these kinescopes Of Soupy <laughs> Sales
3: I'm sorry I, it, That's At least they were given I would bet Soupy Sales was like Living in the gutter At that
2: point uh, so. Maybe He was a huge TV pioneer I'm sure he was treated Somewhat well A lot of those guys Didn't save their money though. That is true <laughs> uh, So I have a clip Coming up here And this is is uh, Peter Cullen as Mario with Pauline discussing their plan to get Donkey Kong. Don't
0: worry, Pauline. My pit trap never fails. What's going on here? Hey, you can't dig that here. I was here first. Dig yours someplace else. Why should I? Because my trap's better than yours. I'm putting glue in mine. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm putting feathers in mine.
2: Okay, so that was Mario, by the way. Wow, uh, <laughs> yeah. so
3: the the first voice was Those are basically the same voice. Yeah, too. I mean,
2: uh, so Mario is competing with another hunter to capture Donkey Kong, but Mario sounds just... Compared to the other voices we'll hear later, Mario sounds just, like, way too young, and this guy is not even doing... Any sort of Brooklyn tinge to his voice, or any yeah. sort of he just like i 'm going to get Donkey Kong. well, the
3: New Yorker descriptors weren 't really there for him at the time. He just was yeah. a construction man named mario
2: i I wonder if that came about with Super Mario Brothers, the whole Brooklyn plumber angle yeah,
3: well, and also there 's not heavy emphasis on his Italianness, which it was it's funny that in like four years they would go so hard on it in the next thing and then this one they're just like he's just a guy I don't know just an American accent and his
2: mustache is too long and droopy just weird he's he's way too skinny too in this one
3: yeah well Mario's character design was all over the place back then his jump I mean he was squat little jump man and then he'd just be drawn differently on all these different arcade cabinet art which is the closest thing to official art you had then so you either had like the kind of lanky Weirdly posed Mario that's chasing after DK on the arcade yeah. original box art, or you have the incredibly like squat, basically like spherical Mario with his whip on the cover or uh, on the art for Drunky God. Kong 2. That Junior. era
2: of ours is my favorite. I yeah. love how fleishery that looks. Yeah, he's very cute.
3: But this is – that's also – this Mario isn't particularly cute. They kind of just turned him into like how the Smurfs humans were drawn of just like, (laughs) yeah, just a boring kind of human. I think, too, they just weren't that interested in Mario because this was before Donkey Kong – was replaced by Mario as the true mascot of Nintendo. Like Donkey Kong is the star here, not not whoever this f- dumb mustachioed person is chasing after him.
2: And the biggest sin is his nose is fairly small too. It's yeah. just it's so weird. Like Mario has a giant bulbous nose, and that's like one of his defining traits, along with his mustache. Even in the Donkey Kong arcade game, he's got like a huge schnoz. It's true. In fact, the villain he's fighting in this episode looks more like Mario than Mario does. Ha! And his hat isn't even like the baseball hat. It's just this weird. um... I don't know. It's too, he's way too floppy and weird. It's like oh,
3: it it's all over the place
2: though it's unsettling i wonder if that was just ruby spears deciding what's the easiest to animate yeah. to design wise too so up next is the next mario voice in the timeline it is from an anime we're finally hitting anime oh no uh, one of the rare mario animes and this is all on youtube uh, there's a very high quality subtitled rip of this movie. It is called Super Mario Brothers: The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach from 1986, and it's kind of bad, but it's mm. also uh, a huge novelty to see an interpretation of Mario this early that is way better looking than the Ruby Spears thing and many of the cartoons to come. Have you seen this anime?
3: I've watched bits and pieces of it. It's it's really interesting in that it it. it It was produced during the, like, 80s anime film boom Mm -hmm. that was going on then – but it was totally in the kids' cartoon movies type style, and it. But it has so many things I've seen in like a million animes based on arcade games or video games, which includes it starts with the character playing the game that stars himself.
2: Yes, actually. So the game, uh, the movie starts off with Mario playing a Famicom game. It's it looks a lot like Mario. It's like a guy with a baseball bat, <laughs> and then something like static hits the TV, and he sees Princess Peach being chased by Bowser, and she's screaming, "Help me! Help me!" And they jump out of his TV, and uh, they have a confrontation, and, and then Bowser escapes with Peach back into the TV. And uh, Luigi thinks Mario is crazy for <laughs> telling him all of this stuff.
3: It's rather similar to the Mega Man anime that was made. Is like we're really just tourist videos for Japan. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen. That oh, I've one, seen Bob. those. Yeah,
2: yeah, he like explains how the trains work and everything. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's
3: like, and this was what happened in the Shogun era. I they they expected that that would be just shown to children all over the world to tell them what Japan is but I was just buying an ADV VHS to just see yeah. Mega
2: Man adventures you didn't know you were learning
3: but Luigi's all off model in this too I kind of
2: like, like he's he's blue and yellow and <laughs> I have no idea why they went for that Luigi had established colors in the uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2 uh, yeah. by this point maybe when painting it they're like if he had white overalls and a green shirt that's just like too electric coloring And so, yeah maybe yeah. It's, a, it's a fun off Luigi And in this this movie, Luigi's trait is that he's greedy He wants wants gold But also, there's so much weird stuff happening with the canon in this movie Uh, Mario and Luigi run a grocery store (laughs) Uh, So after that confrontation with Bowser happens They're working in their grocery store Mario is daydreaming about Peach He's in love with her And this weird uh, character that's not in any game This this kind of weird dog made out of spheres Leads them away to the Mushroom Kingdom And a lot of this movie... I would say there's probably like four to five pop songs about love that just sort of uh, act as filler. And it's like they're just marching across the landscape and there's this fun 80s J-pop song playing about falling in love. Well, you got
3: to sell the cassette to kids. That is true. (laughs) true.
2: It's a fun bubblegum soundtrack, but... I do
3: wonder, you know, the skeleton of this is not dissimilar to the live action film of a decade later, or eight years later. I wonder if. That's true, yeah. In both cases, it was just Miyamoto in the first meeting or some other Nintendo person in the first meeting saying, can we have uh, one where Mario gets called to the Mushroom Kingdom? And then they both just kind of grew out from that suggestion, but in different direction.
2: Yeah, in the live-action movie, it's Luigi who falls in love with Princess Daisy, and the movie is really just about Luigi. It's so yeah. odd. What a bad movie that is. Um, so in this anime movie, Mario is played by Toru Furuya, and he also played Mario in the three other anime things that exist in the Mario universe. Uh, they are three OVAs, uh. original video releases, that would uh, tell a Japanese fairy tale but with Mario characters. Like
3: Kintaro versus the Tengu or something? I think such. so.
2: I know Momotaro Peach Boy Momotaro, is definitely yeah. one of them and another one is sort of like the Japanese version of Tom Thumb or Thumbelina. Yeah. yeah. I I only know
3: those because those were also plot lines in Urusei Yatsura, one of my all-time favorite mangas slash anime.
2: They also did that a lot in Dr. Slump where it's like, mm-hmm. let's just do this Japanese fairy tale <laughs> with our characters and then you after learning that you think of all the video games that reference that that you never realize. <laughs> like, oh that was all peach boy stuff Uh,
3: you know they can count on japanese school children their primary audience to at least know these references Mm -hmm. so it's an easy an easy
2: way to go and also public domain to work in fairy tales (laughs) no no one's getting paid for that not even mother goose (laughs) uh so uh toru furuya played some pretty big characters and he is still voice acting today so uh get, get this he played Amuro Ray in all the Gundam crap. Oh my god! Yes, he is like, that's one of the biggest characters in all of anime. It sure is, yeah.
3: man. Oh, I love that. Some people like Char more. I'm more of an Amuro guy.
2: He's Amuro, great. Amuro. And he also played Yamcha in Dragon Ball. Whoa! Yes, and Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon. Wow! So he's played some huge characters. Wow, that is that is giant. And his Mario voice is closer to what it would eventually be, sort of like high-pitched and whiny, mm. and not as, uh, uh, after this era, we'll get into the gruff American (laughs) Mario voices, but this is more closer to Charles Martinet's version. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... If you want Mario to be Mickey Mouse, then he should have a
3: high voice that's friendly. That
2: is true, and I'm glad you pointed that out, Henry, because... Mario's uh, current voice is a lot like Mickey Mouse in that everyone can do it, Mm -hmm. but only Charles Martinet can do it right. It's something that everyone can imitate easily, but he has the best possible take on it.
3: Yeah, when I saw the most recent English trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3, which has the new mickey voice in it which like look the old mickey died we get it it can't be but even though it is it is clearly just mickey and it's right it's not the mickey that i grew up with for 30 years yeah. of my life that
2: it just sounds wrong but there's no way around it the guy's dead it's <laughs> true and i believe uh, wayne allwine was yes. the last mickey but he was like the third or fourth mickey probably mm-hmm. yeah and when i would hear like 70s mickey and stuff i'm like that's not Mickey! No! <laughs> it's the Mickey imposter. But yes, so here's a clip of Mario uh, talking to a Goomba. Mar- uh, the Goomba has the much higher pitch voice, of course. This is Japanese. And unless you uh, speak Japanese, you won't know what they're saying, but that's fine. <laughs> So yes, that's Mario, and uh, again, much closer to the Charles Martinet one. Mar- Sorry, Martinet. It's Martinet. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I have to keep. St- I want to say Martinet. I don't it's, know why. It's the French pronunciation. Yes, but yeah. How do you feel about that voice, Henry?
3: Uh it's it's cute. I I also like it because it's it's just going to come off very differently because of how. 99% of anime is produced. V.O. is done afterwards. And and especially back th- then. So he's reacting to the stuff that's on screen a little bit. And I think you can feel that more in the performance of like oh this is how you guys drew it. Okay Mario's a little looser in here. That's how he's going to feel like bent over talking to somebody
2: Yeah. For and he's like a little fun character who runs around. Yeah. You know and jumps around. I can see the voice actor thinking about like oh yeah he'd be like a fun little <laughs> like high energy high voice character.
3: Also so at the end of that movie, I believe they make up a prince for Peach they do, to yeah. Build, so Mario doesn't even get the girl in the end.
2: And there are like there are like sexy mushroom ladies in this movie too. Uh, I <laughs> and believe some for daddy. The non canonical first appearance of Toadette. So uh, yeah, check check that uh, anime movie out. It's only an hour long. It's just fun to watch once for the sheer novelty value. But it's also just silly and you know campy. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I'm sure Nintendo uh, does not want anyone to know about it and is probably actively trying to bury it.
3: Uh, likely so. Uh, at least I, I think they have less to be ashamed of with it than some uh, some episodes of the
2: Super Show. Oh yeah, and that's next on the list actually. So Henry did a lot of research for this, but the Super Mario Brothers Super Show was a 1989 syndicated series starring the uh, famous wrestler Captain Lou Albano or Albano yes. Albano Albano as Mario and uh, Henry. All I know is that uh, <laughs> he is possibly uh, Cindy Lauper's dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so Captain okay. Lou, he is an
3: old school carny of the highest degree. Like he started wrestling in the '60s, and uh, but he was did not have an athletic build and wasn't the greatest wrestler. But he was a great talker, and you needed that especially back then because a guy who looked really good as a wrestler maybe couldn't do the interviews, which really interviews what talk people into coming to buy tickets to see a show. So he became an evil manager of <laughs> so many people, including evil Asians, evil Russians, and uh, evil Canadians. And he was he was for decades Captain Lou, along with Freddie Blassie and the Grand Wizard of Wrestling. They were the top three professional wrestling managers in the WWF, which huh. was what WWF was beforehand. Did was his aesthetic just Hawaiian shirts or what? Yeah, he the top group that he managed was. The head shrinkers, who <laughs> were um, evil Samoans, who basically just ate chicken and uh, ate chicken raw and didn't speak, so they needed a island style guy backing them up, that. and so that's who he was. And he also he had a ton of gimmicks, as they would call it, well, as in his his specific calling card as a carny, and that was a shaggy. Shaggy face, shaggy hair with a goatee, a open shirt to show off his fat gut, <laughs> and b- rubber bands and pins, like clothes pins, through his face.
2: Wow, wow.
3: Which, if you're a little kid, you're like, oh my god, this is such a scary guy.
2: I, I want to see him and his team lose. But then he made a, a turn to become this fun-loving, like boisterous actor-style guy. How did that happen? Well, so
3: as his career was kind of winding down... And meanwhile, as the WWF is trying to transition into a global power in the 80s, Captain Lou was in the right place at the right time, and he was on a flight with Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper really enjoyed silly old wrestling like he was a part of, and she was like, you know, you have such a specific look. I need somebody to play my mean father, and girls just want to have fun in <laughs> the music video, so get in it. And... At the time, nothing, 1984, nothing was bigger than MTV, nothing uh, with the kids. And so Captain Lou, through being one of the most popular music videos of that year, was introduced to tons of kids. And so Vince McMahon, knowing a good thing when he saw it, the next music video, one of the next music videos Lauper would do, for Goonies are good enough. Is full of tons of professional wrestlers. It
2: was it was of the era of music videos in that before the video starts, there's like three minutes of story without music to <laughs> yeah. set up what will happen in the music video. They're like raising money for something, uh, or... their
3: gas station is about out of money, and oh, so and... they made an 80s movie. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe that. And there's actually like a to be continued in the music video as well. It's, it's so silly. So at the same time, he was doing that though, he was a heel, which back even in the 80s. Bad guys were bad and good guys were good and you weren't supposed to act outside of your character in public. But here he was playing the good guy in this with Cyndi Lauper. So they decided we're going to turn him into a good guy hmm. and team him up with Cindy Lauper. They do this whole thing that was the Rock and Wrestling Connection on MTV where him and Cindy Lauper are he, – he are presented with like a certificate of like, you guys did a great job. And then out comes Roddy Piper who's like, <laughs> hey, screw all you. This music sucks. I hate you, Cyndi Lauper. And he even like threatens to attack Cyndi Lauper. Then Hulk Hogan runs out to save the day. And that sets up the first WrestleMania. So without Lou
2: Albano. Wow, this is befriending great. Friending Cyndi Lauper, there would be no WrestleMania. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, so, Captain Lou, I got to say, uh, this cartoon is awful. And we've talked <laughs> yes. about it on this yes, show yeah. before. What makes it bad is, of course, it's made by Deke and they have done a lot of bad stuff and they have mm-hmm. a bad reputation. <laughs> but what they did is sort of similar to what those uh, Japanese OVAs did in that they're taking public domain stories. And retelling them with Mario characters. Yeah,
3: very poorly. Well, yeah. And, what, and for Lou, after the first WrestleMania, he realized he had an in in Hollywood. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to be an actor. And so he shaved off. He started applying for jobs. And around the time of the Super Mario getting huge... He shaves off his goatee to play Mario, which you never shave off your, your gimmick. It was him completely giving up wrestling and just going like, eh, fuck it, no more wrestling for me.
2: And his uh, his version of Mario is the most realistic, as if Mario <laughs> was a real guy, he would look like Captain Lou. Um, yeah. And it's very well observed that the Canadian actor, who also does a great job, Danny Wells, uh, by the way, both these guys are dead, RIP. They did Aww. a great job. But Danny Wells is like a skinny beanpole, mm-hmm. and Mario is more <laughs> of a chunky guy. And I, I don't know if that was the official, Nintendo can oh, Of course it was, yeah, because of Doki Doki Panic, Super yep. Mario 2. Luigi was canon- canonically defined as being skinnier, but they did follow that lore. And I have to say, I'm going to play a clip from the live-action segment. So, in case you've never seen the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, it was sort of framed in the way like an old-timey kids' cartoon show would be, in that there are live-action hosts that sort of throw to a cartoon, but sometimes there will be a story told within those bumpers. Mm-hmm. And that was the most entertaining part of this show for me. Even now, like I was digging into to these and watching them and they're goofy and silly and stupid but uh mario and luigi lou albano and danny wells are having a lot of fun there is no shame on their faces uh with all of the goofy stuff they're doing in fact in this episode they have to dress in drag and (laughs) seduce a football player at the end a real football player who's also dead now
3: Um, this is all happening at their regular, like, plumbing set?
1: That's, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, by the way,
2: there's only one set. So yeah. in this episode, uh, they get a phone call from their cousins, Marietta and Lu- Luigi or something like that. Uh-huh. And they found out this football player is going to come visit Mario and Luigi, and they're they they they're man-hungry, and they want to meet him. Mm. And in the second part of this uh, live-action show, they both show up in drag, and they're like they're incredible as these like b- super broad drag characters like <laughs> touching the man's leg and pawing at him and, and and it's clear that Lou Albano did not shave his mustache off to play Marietta so it just sort of bleached and plastered to his face. This
3: is, that is ridiculous. I completely forgot that one. I know that happened. I Because I watched all of those 800 times in a row. Me too. I associate
2: these with eating a lot of fish sticks, frankly. Oh yeah. All or fish sticks.
3: Or armor hot dogs. Yes. Well. Uh,
2: I'm the kind of kid who Loves Harmer hot dogs, but yeah, like the live action stuff. It's not like pie art or anything, but it's just fun to see. These two actors goofing it up, having fun for the kids, and I think if you want to have a good time, watch like five of these and just think <laughs> of how great Lou Albano was when he was still alive. I believe he passed in 2011.
3: It uh, it also brought me down when, as the reruns continued, they then replaced the Mario and Luigi live-action things with just a couple of dudes in yeah. the Nintendo
2: Fun Club or something like that. A bunch of weird other Canadians. But uh, yeah. here's a clip of Mario taking a phone call from his uh, and Luigi's cousins and... And uh, you can hear how great Albano is.
0: Hello, Mario Brothers Plumbing. You clog him, we clear him. Hello, yes. Hey, Marianne. So Marianne and Louis Jean. I know, hang up. Yes, Marianne, guess what? Yeah, yeah, Lila Zane, he's coming over here. Yeah, that's right, I'm serious. Yeah, he fixes his kitchen sink this morning. Yeah, that's right. So we invited him over here for lunch. Marianne. Hello? You numbskull.
2: So there you have it. Oh, I, I love how manic his performance is. He's just like waving his hands around. <laughs> I, I assume with the name Albano, Albano, he's a very Italian man. So he's really yeah. Italianing it up by using his hands and just like moving around frantically. That's how all Italian people act by the way. (laughs) Well, And as
3: a a trained performer in wrestling, you act for the back of the rafters. I can see that, yeah. When you see actors go into a wrestling ring and they have to perform like a wrestler, they don't get the level you're supposed to play on. They're like, okay time for my regular acting. No one's reacting to this. It's like, (laughs) no, you have to to scream. The people in the the bleachers have to be like, wow that guy's angry.
2: (laughs) Uh, Danny Wells is very good as Luigi. He's not as high energy, but I have to imagine he was probably playing like King Lear before this and like <laughs> Canada's uh, Shakespearean theater troupe.
3: Uh, no, he's he's great though. I think he was actually on some WWF programming too when they did some uh, terrible skits as well. If you, oh, really? If you'd like to see Captain Lou Albano do some terrible skits with Vince McMahon laughing his ass off on a, their own version of The Tonight Show, then on the WWE Network, watch Tuesday Night Titans, TNT. You'll I, see it.
2: I've seen a few of those. And they're so bad they But I so love them very, So they were playing Mario and Luigi on that talk show? Uh, no,
3: it was, it was him and his Albano character With uh, Danny Wells oh, wow. Playing a different character
2: <laughs> And I gotta say, to this point uh, Before Martinet, Martinet Danny Wells is my favorite Luigi And this is the first time they're leaning into the Italian thing I mean, you can't help yeah. it with Lou Albano but this cartoon is full of references to pasta, and and in it the drunk, live action segments, yeah. they're always talking about Italian
3: food. In I have to say, it's at least it gives them some real character. But in rewatching it as an adult, I love the Super Show more than anything as a kid. But rewatching it as an adult, I'm just like, I get it, spaghetti,
2: mm-hmm. I get it, linguini, It's a, it's food. It's funny. They they just had an Italian cookbook next to them when they were writing these episodes.
3: <laughs> One, and it also. Uh, it bugged me too that it was so much more about Mario Two than Super Mario Brothers because I get that they gave them more things to play with, yeah. and more worlds and everything. But they also rarely even use like fire power ups or anything like fire flowers or stars. It was and then some were just like, no, we're in a sumo world now and um, everyone's <laughs> a sumo wrestler.
2: They would just make up their own. They're in a rap world and now they're all rappers. Yes, yeah, it was it was bizarre. But yes, uh, check like I said, check out those live action segments. They're a lot of fun in a super goofy way and it will show you just how great uh, Lou Albano was when he was alive
0: yo you're in for a treat so hang on to you see get ready for adventure and remarkable beats you'll meet Coopers and Troopers the princess and the others hang on with-
2: Hey folks, take a word of advice from your old pal Bob. It's never a good look when you untuck a long and bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual, but you end up looking like a total mess. That is why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. That's right. A casual shirt that's not too long and not too short. It's just right. These shirts are designed so well, GQ Magazine calls them perfection. Untuck It shirts are a go-to for any occasion from casual to dressy, and not only do they look good, they feel great. And if you're a woman wishing you can have one of these well untuck it now makes shirts for women too shirts for her that are casual versatile and designed to last if this sounds good to you log on to untuckit.com and check out all the new arrivals and you can use the promo code retroknots for 20% off your entire purchase and if you'd rather do your shopping in person you can also visit one of untuckit's over 25 retail locations across the country so stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt it's disgusting go to untuckit.com your solution to perfecting casual use the promo code retronauts for 20 percent off savings if you're a first time customer that is u-n-t-u-c-k-i-t.com and the promo code retronauts to get 20 percent off if you're a first time customer If you like Retronauts, you're going to love The Jordan Harbinger Show on Podcast One. Along with Jason DeFilippo, Jordan taps into the wisdom of the world's top performers, from intelligence operatives to legendary musicians, iconoclastic writers to visionary changemakers, to teach you the strategies and insights of the most successful people to use in your everyday life. Check out The Jordan Harbinger Show every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch more than 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Hey guys, it's never a good look when you untuck a long, bulky dress shirt. You may think it makes you look casual, but more than likely, it makes you look sloppy. That's why Untuck It makes shirts specifically designed to be worn untucked. It's a casual shirt that's not too long and not too short. It's just right. Their shirts designed so well, GQ calls them perfection. Untuck It shirts are a go-to for any occasion from casual to dressy. And not only do they look good, they feel great. Ladies, you're in luck too. Untucket makes shirt for women now. Shirts for her that are casual, versatile, and designed to last. So log on to Untucket.com and check out all the new arrivals. Use the promo code RETRONAUTS for 20% off your entire purchase. You can also visit one of Untucket's more than 25 retail locations across the country. So stop hiding your shirt with your pants and your pants with your shirt. Go to Untucket.com. U-n-t-u-c-k-i-t.com. It's your solution to perfecting casual. And again, use the promo code RETRONAUTS, R-E-T-R-O-N-A-U-T-S, for 20% savings if you're a first-time customer.
0: cannoli kids, I'm Mario, and I'm telling you, if you're not watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, you're gonna turn into a Goomba. Don't be the last on your block to be playing with pasta power. Tune in for the wildest weekday fun in the universe. Join me, Luigi, Princess Toadstool, and Toad. We're gonna kick some Koopa. Woo!
1: The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Afternoon to four in Channel 43's Kids Land.
0: With Domino's week long carry out deal, you can carry out large three topping pizzas and now medium three topping handmade pan pizzas for $7.99 each. It's fantastic news.
1: Cut, cut,
0: puns? You mean pans? Calling all pan addicts for two layers of cheese on crispy golden crust. So grab your panty packs, because Domino's large three topping pizzas and medium three topping handmade pan pizzas are $7.99 each. It's pandemonium. PANTASTICO. Carry out only. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary.
2: The next cartoon is called It is the Most Advertorial title for a cartoon ever (laughs) the adventures of super mario brothers 3 it's like the adventures of product yes (laughs) the adventures of the product we want you to buy but
3: i was rarely ever more excited for the premiere of a saturday morning cartoon than this one because the ad like because they took a year off between not they didn't take a year off but because there was a year break between the japanese and american release Mm -hmm. of super mario 3 they could plan a huge ad campaign for the launch of it and that involved at the same time the game was launching with tons of ads in my face i also got this cartoon show ad and the mcdonald's food so i was just like oh my god mario (laughs) 3 is the ultimate thing that has ever happened and in that one they've changed i definitely noticed mario's voice was it was different. But I really, what I liked for the better was that they finally colored Mario's hair to be brown instead of matching black
2: with his oh, mustache okay. as they did
3: in Super Show.
2: This is probably my next to Cullen, my least favorite Mario because oh. he, uh, he, I mean, he does an okay job, but he's just sort of like, "Yeah, Luigi, let's do this." Yeah, yeah. and it's not even—it's actually not even that New Yorky. There's like a little tiny bit of it, but this guy actually, uh, his name is Walker Boone. He's not really a voice actor. I was looking at his IMDb. He mainly just does TV roles.
3: Weird. Huh? Yeah.
2: So I don't know how he fell into doing this.
3: I also feel like they just cheaped out, and we're like, "Hey, we're not paying for this celebrity, Lou Albano anymore." Especially if he's not on screen in live action.
2: Yeah, that's true. Boy, I but, wish they would have kept him. But you're right; he was probably well, too expensive. I mean,
3: we didn't even mentioned do the mario his song Uh, that
2: is in children's of the 80s minds forever you can watch him getting whacked in the crotch with his own tool belt over and over again (laughs) it looks looks very painful (laughs) but yes uh, i think this cartoon is the quote-unquote best of the american cartoons because it was pretty faithful to the games themselves although all of the koopa kids have different names because they didn't know what the names would be uh because they were made up by the american localization team so people weren't talking to each other Mm. Uh, when they were making this cartoon. But... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Deke did their best, and they they knew what all the worlds were in it, so it felt very much more like my instruction manual came to life <laughs> watching that show, especially in the opening credits, the digitized effect they put over yeah. it to make it look 8-bit. I really like that.
2: The title card would always be over footage of a world map from the game. Yeah. And as a kid, that was a huge novelty. Like, they're showing a game on TV for, like, three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, Walker Boone would also play Mario in the Super Mario World cartoon, which is – I mean, they are just like, let's just do the Flintstones, but worse. That was so
3: bad. That was,
2: that was finally when there was a
3: Mario cartoon that was too bad for me. I was <laughs> – I also just – NBC was not my Saturday morning spot. Especially. Well, that was their
2: last year of having Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah.
3: Well, you, how can you – they, they were so stuck in the past with their Saturday morning programming compared to the sexy and 90s Fox Kids.
2: Mm, yeah.
3: This Mario in Dino Land with Yoshi basically being Dino. No, actually, not even being Dino,
2: being the original Dino who speaks. Ugh, like, I forgot terrible. about that. That's gross. Yes. I don't like that. But here's Walker <laughs> Boone uh, talking with Luigi, and I don't know who does his voice either.
0: You're not taking over any land, you boys oh. of Koopa! What? Oh, my <laughs> friends and turn Prince Hugo to Poodle back into Prince Hugo to Huge, or else. Or else what, plumber? Uh, just let him go, and I'll come back Tuesday and tell ya. Grab him, Koopalings!
2: So that was uh, mm. Mario talking to Koopa. I gotta say, the Koopa voice was consistent across all three American cartoons, and I love it. I think it's my favorite Koopa voice. It's he Harvey, is great, and he just recently passed away. Harvey Atkin, I believe his name was. Oh,
3: that's a man! It's a real like death. This, <laughs> death march. This, this episode is march. a
2: graveyard, by the way. It's haunted, but <laughs> yeah, no, that Mario is just so like nothing. It's just like yeah. hey,
3: I'm the star. I got nothing interesting,
2: and there's not enough of the of the authentic Italian that uh, Albano Albano brought to the role.
3: Yeah, and that he had. Lived as much of a life either. Right? Like you could tell, you can you can hear the miles in, of living that Lou has done. You
2: can hear all the bo- all the booze that's traveled down his throat oh, and yes. the cigarettes that have passed <laughs> his lungs. But uh that's why we had great voices in, in cartoons back then. Now they're all dead. Yeah, yeah. It's uh,
3: in the. Lessened cigarette consumption of people. You just don't get as many good uh, Selma
2: Diamond type voices anymore. It's true, or Dor- your Doris Grouse of the world. Okay, mm-hmm. so speaking of inauthenticity, well, here's a question for you, Henry. What if we got uh, a man with a strong Cockney accent to play Mario? in a movie and the uh, answer is uh, bob hoskins in uh, the super mario brothers movie which he considers also he's dead yes <laughs> which he considers his great uh his worst role ever yes.
3: greatest shame it was uh there's been a million great stories told about how terrible that production was and what a mistake it was one of the best is that bob Hoskins. Didn't know it was based on a car t- a video game Until his kid said like Oh you're Mario?
2: Like, Yeah he didn't do it for his kid by the way no. uh, He was uh, obviously he was trading in on his uh, Roger Rabbit uh, you know Prestige and like oh he can be in a kids movie And also he is so good in Roger Rabbit It wasn't until someone told me That I, uh, that I found out he was not An American although if you go back his accent in that movie is like no accent that ever existed, but it's great. You pay five, five
3: cents to ride the trolley. Roger. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, he's one of the greatest actors ever. I loved him and everything. Like, for example, he actually kind of plays a evil Mario type guy in Brazil. You're right. Yeah. It's the plumber, oh my God. Guy.
2: Maybe that's where they got the idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in Roger Rabbit, he is just sort of the sort of straight man to Roger, but at the end when he has to do that whole slapstick routine, yeah. it is so good. I want to watch Roger Rabbit now. Well,
3: in, so it was, that's a bankable star you cast in there since they couldn't get Danny DeVito.
2: But uh, they couldn't get Danny DeVito, but Tom Hanks wanted to do Mario. He wanted to be Mario, but this was pre Philadelphia Tom Hanks. And they're uh, like, your career's in the gutter, Tom Hanks. Get out of here. Get
3: out of here, bosom buddy. You'll <laughs> never win anything.
2: And uh, Philadelphia would come out that year, 1993. <laughs> but let's hear Bob Hoskins as Mario. And uh, again, he's sort of doing his Eddie Valiant uh, voice.
0: Luigi. We got a broken dishwasher at the Riverfront Cafe. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Mike. Oh, my, Murray, right now, a miraculous world? This guy just found out that he was in another dimension. The only thing miraculous I know is that we're still eating.
2: So that's Mario. Hey, you know, not bad. No. I mean, he's he's doing it. Also on that set, he and John Leguizamo were drunk a lot because I did
3: hear that. yeah. that's the
2: only way to uh, soothe their misery of <laughs> being in this awful movie they knew would fail and embarrass them.
3: Well, then he broke his hand during the movie. They have to hide a cast on his left hand through a lot of it. That is true. So look for that in your four your four K Blu Ray. <laughs> the the funniest thing to me, and posthumously for him, is that. When they've interviewed John Leguizamo, who seems like a nice guy, but also rather annoying. But he seems like a good guy. Uh, it, I mean, his character, at least in the 90s, was a very annoying one. But so he, he'll do interviews for just about anything. And so I've seen him like twice do a sit-down thing for fans of the Super Mario movie wow. to, to celebrate some anniversary. And he is being having to be so nice about it. Like, <laughs> oh, Bob, me and him, uh, we were great friends. And... uh I'm sure he loves – he'd love to see all you guys celebrating this. And I just am thinking like, no, no, he doesn't want this to be remembered by
2: anyone. So even though John Leguizamo is a nice guy – I'm sorry. Even though he's annoying, he can also be nice to Super Mario Brothers movie fans. And there are fans of this movie – Somehow, I mean, there are lots of people that have websites devoted to it. I believe online you can actually, I, that clip was from a cut of the movie, like redone by fans. Uh. So I'm not sure if it's better. In fact, we did a movie episode about this movie in like 2012. If you search the archives on archive.org, you can find me talking about it six years ago. But yeah, uh, we talked a lot about this, but the next voice is from the cursed CDI deal, oh, where God. Phillips was allowed to sully the good reputation of Nintendo characters. And we've all seen the, uh, I'm so hungry, I could eat an Octorok, and all of that garbage uh, from these Zelda games. But I think the Hotel Mario ones don't get enough play online in, t- in terms of being mean. YouTube memes. Poops
3: needs to do more with it.
2: Yeah. I mean, they do a lot, uh, I think the YouTube Poops, and even those are old now, but they did a lot with <laughs> Hotel yeah. Mario, but I still don't see that reference as much. So Mario's voice in this one is pretty bad, but it's done by a real voice actor. I just assumed it was like a Phillips employee or an employee <laughs> of the company who made this game because those Zelda voice actors don't sound like voice actors to me at all. But uh, this guy has not done anything super notable. His name is Mark Grau. But if you look at IMDb, um, he has done a ton of voice acting roles in video games since 2002. So it's, it's really weird. 1994, he does Mario and Hotel Mario. Nothing. <laughs> and then 2002, he's in a ton of games, even up till today. So wow. I don't know what happened in that eight years. Maybe he needed <laughs> time to heal. Uh, but let's let's he hear sag after. <laughs> let's hear uh, his take on Mario, and it's uh, it's not good.
0: Nice of the princess to invite right. us over for a picnic, cool. eh, Luigi? I hope you made lots of spaghetti. Luigi, look, it's from Bowser. Dear pesky plumbers. The Koopalings and I have taken over the Mushroom Kingdom. The princess is now a permanent guest
2: at one of my seven Cooper hotels. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, uh, way way too deep, like Jay Luigi. Jay. Well, it also feels very first
3: takey. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm guessing they uh, Phillips was probably like, "We paid
2: for two hours
3: of <laughs> audio, studio time. Get this done now."
2: But I mean even though uh Lou Albano was a big guy his Mario voice is like thin and reedy and mm-hmm. like like high not not high pitch but he was hey. kind of screechy you know and yeah. <laughs> in, in a non insulting way by the way but it's like hey Luigi it's just, mm-hmm. it's off putting <laughs> Mario should be like this fun little like happy guy
3: Yeah well I think I think most casting directors they didn't see past the Brooklyn thing when they see Brooklyn plumber through the American psyche that has a specific sound to like, that. Oh yeah,
2: Mario cuts off people's thumbs.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Which, now that just feels like such an old school thing of just like, hey, I'm the plumber here. What do we do? Like, you'd never meet a plumber who sounds like that. That's not, that person, if they ever existed, hasn't existed for a long time. It is if, funny,
2: one of the few times I actually had a layover in New York or was in New York for something, mm-hmm. um, I would at least hear a one guy like that in the <laughs> airport like, hey, you busted my balls over here like where did you come from there are still people like you that's that's awesome so yeah that was uh mario uh from hotel mario and now we get into
3: toast toast
2: (laughs) and now we get into the uh the modern era of mario which started in 1995 so let's talk about charles martinet sorry martinet it's gonna be a, a brain fart for me whenever i say this but he has been the voice of mario for 20 plus years uh, And he actually lives In our fine city Of San Francisco And actually We live in Berkeley But he went to UC Berkeley Hell yeah Yes so we can we can probably find him in the city if we look hard enough The
3: next time I see him, I'm going to be like I love Berkeley, what's your favorite part to Berkeley? Where'd you like to eat at? And, you, where and then do you, Cal?
2: make him answer in the voice of Waluigi yeah. and record it
3: Well, I also do like that Martinet uh, You would think he would uh, keep his opinions to himself on Twitter Representing Mario But like, <laughs> he has had some very like uh, strong political anti-Trump tweets as well So he's, he's living out loud, that Charles Martinet he Nintendo can't fire
2: him, he voices all of their characters It's true <laughs> So he auditioned to play Mario at trade shows in 1990. And uh, normally at a trade show of this era, there would be a costume character that a person would get into, like mm. a giant Sonic or a giant Bonk. But Nintendo was ahead of the game in that they had a sort of CGI motion capture puppet <laughs> that uh, it would be a floating Mario head on a screen. And Martinet Martinet would be hiding somewhere. And he can control the character and talk to people. And there'd be a little video capture so you can see who's walking by. And you can look at footage of old trade shows and see him. And actually, I've been to E3 quite a few times. And he was there as the floating Mario head. And people would ask him where Luigi was, and he'd answer them. So yeah. it was cool to see him doing that like twenty years later. It's, yeah, the stories he told of that original one, where they're like,
3: "Hey, where's Luigi?" Like, he's just off a of screen, making yeah. spaghetti. And I was, I was also treated to that one year. I believe it was the last E3 I went to in 2014. I was Nintendo didn't do their. It was their first year not doing their traditional press conference. So instead, every all the press people are there at the booth two hours early and then to kill time before reggie would come out and say like it's all about games. <laughs> before he did that then a digital mario was on one of their screens and it was martinet like off somewhere else saying like oh who's it there oh that's a brian Crescente. he does a good uh, writing about me hey
2: it is kind of weird uh, we'll hear a lot of this in these upcoming clips it's kind of weird to hear mario say more than let's go or mama mia when he's there saying. Like full sentences and giving you his opinions about things. You're like, well, this is Mario's voice, but he doesn't. He doesn't really talk this much. Yeah. Mario doesn't think this much about things. So uh, when auditioning for this role, Martinet was like, well, I'm going to be talking to children. And I don't want to do, like, the gruff plumber voice that most people do for this character. I want to do, like, the high pitch voice. So that's what he went with. Nintendo liked it. And it was kind of cool that they were like, this guy is at all our trade shows. He should just be the voice of Mario. And that is what happened. So before Mario 64, where it's presumed he debuted as Mario in official video game form, he was actually in two edutainment titles as mario good lord talking a lot the first one is called mario's game gallery and this is not very edutainmentical if you want to call it that <laughs> it is really just like a collection of again public domain games like checkers parcheesi uh, backgammon uh sorry not parcheesi that's way too complicated for this it's uh checkers go fish backgammon dominoes and yachts which is a dice game i guess i've never seen it before
3: playing i mean playing games on your computer was quite fascinating in the mid-90s Is the idea that, like, my computer could play a card game against me?
2: And in all of these games, you're playing against Mario. So Mario's doing a lot of talking. And here is him uh, in the Go Fish segments. And again, this is the first time Martinet debuted in a video game as Mario. I'm going to go first. Do you have any Ouija's? Huh. Isn't that great? Wow,
3: that's yeah. great. It's it's slightly lower than he normally plays him, but you definitely hear ma- his Mario right there.
2: And we also have in this game uh, Leslie Swan, who was the first voice of Peach, mm-hmm. and she's not a voice actor. She, I think, she was like a, a manager at Nintendo Treehouse, the yes. localization department. But her her Peach voice is very like Mario. Come do this. I'm I'm in, I'm captured, Mario. Yeah. It's it's very very like airy and high pitched and low energy. But she is in. She is in the Go Fish game as well, and it's definitely her. Do
1: you have any little toddies? Mario, go fish. Ah,
0: oh. I'm a guess I'm a fish.
2: And he really plays up the uh, <laughs> the Italian, I'm a guess I'm a fish. Yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> it's...
3: I'm uh, inside. Uh,
2: hey, listen, there's a meme on the internet, and it's true. You can always do an Italian accent. It's never racist. <laughs> it's true. And Prince, it's Prince approved from beyond the grave. <laughs> One of many dead people in this episode, by the way. Martin A., still alive. I'm uh, doing doing okay from what I yeah, hear. Wishing wishing you well. Charles. Um and here's a clip of Mario at a bar. Please give me your big booze. There you go. Whoa! <laughs> uh it's you know, the ghosts, obviously. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you, you fooled me there. <laughs> I but... know, I know. And I and I really, I really like this message because it's sort of what you hear at the end of Mario 64. I'm a really enjoy playing with you. And Aww. watching these videos, it made me think of all the latchkey kids that are just <laughs> Sitting with a with a fake version of Mario, Mario's like I, I enjoy being your friend. I like hanging out with you, and it just it kind of makes me sad a little uh, bit.
3: It's <laughs> it's sweet though in a way too yeah, that
2: Mario Mario accepts me. He'll hang out with you. Yeah. Uh, so the other game it sort of debuted at the same time as Mario sixty four is called Mario teaches typing two. The first one had no voice acting as far as I know, but this one actually integrated the floating head stuff from the trade oh, shows. Oh, so, even before
3: 64. Yeah, wow. yeah. So
2: they got, they got the official capture of Martinet doing some bits for them, and they'd be little fun videos that would play before the typing segment. So you'd see him doing all of the head material, like him like pretending to be like Pong. I mean, he's had 20 years to think of floating head <laughs> material at these trade shows, so he does a lot of those. But here's a few of them, and a few of them are like um, this. Did you clear this song? Did you Did you get the rights to this? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, let's hear one of them. Uh, I, have, I have I have a few of these actually. But let's hear Let's hear this one first. Can I sing a song for you? When the moon hits you eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When an e lunges out and he takes a bite of your snout, that's amore. <laughs> get it, amore e. <laughs> I say they're funny. He's kinda of more like Elmo in this in this game. Yes. He's getting closer to like you said, uh the last game he was a little lower registered. This is sort of the higher register Mario yeah. sixty four Mario. I
3: also love that he's just he's an old he's an old jokester, like a, there's
2: a little bit of vaudeville in Martinez <laughs> Mario. But he but he still knows all the hip references. Listen.
0: Oh no! I'm a fallen and I can't get up.
2: Oh god. That is my impression of American advertising. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's cute. I mean, uh, well, all, cute. Uh, if you grew up in the 90s, you I mean, everything referenced the medical alert bracelet yeah. or whatever, the life alert thing.
3: That was extra funny to me because that breaks a Nintendo rule of him recognizing a country or just like American advertising. Like yeah. Mario doesn't, isn't aware of those things. He lives in the Mushroom Kingdom.
2: And I think I, I don't have any more clips, but I think I forgot to play one of the uh, one of the clips from the Go Fish game. And it's, it's very cute. I'm going go first. Do you have any Ouija's? I might have played that already, but I like him I like him saying Ouija's Ouija's? <laughs> I that that is
3: the creation I think his way of saying that is what created the Ouija meme
2: on Twitter as well, like calling Luigi Ouija W E E G E E. And I believe that's actually represented in the Mario and Luigi RPGs, where when you switch between them, uh, Luigi Ouija. will go Mario and he'll go Ouija. Yeah, well <laughs> By the way, I... I lied, we're still doing Mario impressions throughout this yeah. episode. <laughs> well that in the Mario and Luigi RPGs.
3: That's one of my favorite Martinet acting. I don't want to get too ahead of things, but that's some of my favorite of his acting because it's not even words. He doesn't say words. <laughs>
2: yeah, and in some ways you can view it as insensitive. It's just like, well, Italian's a bunch of garbled gibberish. But yeah. it's like – I like that it's like – it would feel wrong if these characters just spoke full sentences, mm-hmm. so they do the uh, the gibberish version of Italian.
3: Or in Rabbids, they're very, they're a previously mentioned Rabbids crossover – Rabbit's characters talk all the time but Mario and Luigi just go
2: like hmm yeah hmm. Ooh. they just make sort of the non, non-word reaction noises. Same with Peach going
3: like <gasps>
2: yeah I think there was probably some sort of contractual rule like these characters will not speak in your game.
3: Yeah though that does make me wonder like what about at Universal because they're gonna need to have Mario give safety instructions about how to properly put on a seatbelt and watch uh, after your kids.
2: It might be Wario doing it then. Wario talks Ooh, a lot more. Yeah. But uh, yeah that's sort of the end of our episode. I, I have to say though um, it was fun to trace the the history of the timeline of how Mario's voice changed over the, the passing decades. But uh, I like what they settled on. And I said on an episode of Retrodon I think like three years ago, uh, the Mario 64 episode, that uh, when I heard Mario's voice for the first time, Mario's video game voice, I wasn't like, well, this is wrong. Well, this is <laughs> this is a weird choice. I was like, oh, that's what he sounds like now. I don't know. How did you feel about that, Henry, when I you first I was very heard it?
3: accepting of it. For some reason, I could compartmentalize of like, well, that was the animated series, Mario Voice, but this is Mario in the game. like So I think it helped that, at least for, uh, with my exposure to it, I'd never heard Mario in a game have any other voice than Charles Martinet. Mm. So I was very accepting of it. And it also, I think, helped that my introduction to his voice was Mario 64. So I'm just so dazzled by one of the most important video games ever that it, it also makes me just accept, like, well, yeah, this is Mario's voice. And I also am really impressed at Nintendo... Of Japan loves him too, so that's Mario's international voice in oh, I every forgot about that. region.
2: He's that Mario. That is great. I mean, it helps that Mario doesn't speak a lot of English, but yes. also Nintendo. Whenever I play a new Mario game, it's like, oh, you re-recorded new, Wow, ah, woo, ah, yeah, they did. You, you can't just go back to the library, I guess. Another of my favorites,
3: well, one of my least favorite Martinet uses was when they remade the games for Advance, and
2: oh they yeah, had to shut have up, up Mario. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but one of my favorites when they announced 3d world and showed off 3d world for the first time
2: all oh, right they
3: said how like they th- to japanese people a cat goes nyam 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 and so uh then they hear martinet they told martinet and the other actors well, okay do cat noises and so he's like meow meow <laughs> and when they heard meow miyamoto and the directors of the game they're just like we love that meow. That's so silly. Say meow all the time. So then they like they would pose for things with Charles Marnay and do his meow meow. sound uh, the cat it.
2: costumes were so much fun in that game. Yes, it was, it's still a good game, folks. Check it out. The if you greatest. Haven't. They
3: got to put it on Switch since so few people played it.
2: I I am anti uh, put everything on Switch, but I, I will agree with you there. Just put all, put all the Wii U stuff all on Wii Switch. All Wii U games should be on Switch. All the Wii U stuff that doesn't need a second screen, which is most of them. Yeah, it's most of the game. So yeah, thanks for joining us, folks. Hope you had a good time with this fun little idea I had and uh, to wrap up I've been uh, one of uh, I've actually been your only host Henry you're just a guest on this episode second class citizen I've been your host Bob Mackey Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo and I'll tell you what This entire podcast, uh, Retronauts, is supported by Patreon, and great listeners like you give us money to do this. And it supports everything we do from storage space to rental space to our studio. Everything we do is uh, fan-supported. We make a little on ads, but it's mostly fan support that helps us do this. And we've been doing it for almost 13 years now, so thanks a lot for helping us out. And if you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash retronauts and for three bucks a month you can get every episode a week ahead of time and ad free i know some of you like my underwear ads but not all of you uh so <laughs> you can you can pay money and still listen to those ads it's completely fine ads for bob's underwear yes i will not touch your underwear by the way but yes <laughs> uh that is the ideal way to listen to retronauts and uh, you'll get the uh you know advanced episodes they'll sound better no ads it's the best way to do it and you can get in on the great conversations happening on patreon so yes check it out at patreon.com slash retronauts and i also do a ton of podcasts with henry which you probably know about but if you don't Henry uh, it's a mouthful but we do Talking Simpsons what a cartoon and we also have the Talking Simpsons Patreon can you tell the Retro listeners about all of that well,
3: at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons if you sign up for $5 a month, you can hear every episode of those a week ahead of time and ad-free. You could hear our upcoming episodes of Talking Simpsons, and you can hear our upcoming episodes of What a Cartoon, where we have covered such wide range of things as King of the Hill, Steven Universe, Cowboy Bebop, Batman the Animated Series, Spider-Man the Animated Series, and tons more stuff, and even G.I. Joe with Retronauts co-host Jeremy Parrish.
2: Yes, Jeremy has been on a few episodes of ours, including Talking Futurama.
3: And uh, there's an older exclusive interview on our Patreon that I would love to send people towards which, if you like licensed games talk and hearing how Acclaim made their trash back in the 90s, we talk with Paul Provenzano about his work on the Simpsons video games in the early 90s into mid-90s, as well as he even talks a bit about working on Alien vs. Predator and the Acclaim television show The power hour i believe it was called oh
2: video power video yeah. Power, that was
3: it yes so check that one out and a ton of other cool stuff on our patreon if you don't want to sign up for the patreon just yet at least check out talking simpsons or what a cartoon on wherever you listen to
2: podcasts and i'm h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g on twitter that's right henry doctors recommend you support both of our patreons it's, it's the healthiest way to live <laughs> but yes we'll see you on monday with another full-length episode of retronauts thanks for listening folks
0: Week long carry out deal, you can carry out large three topping pizzas and now medium three topping handmade pan pizzas for $7.99 each. It's fantastic news.
1: Cut, cut,
0: puns? You mean pans? Calling all pan addicts for two layers of cheese on crispy golden crust. So grab your panty packs, because Domino's large three topping pizzas and medium three topping handmade pan pizzas are $7.99 each. It's pandemonium. Pantastico. Carry out only, you must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary.
1: The Mueller Report. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. President Trump was asked at the White House if Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation report should be released next week when he will be out of town.
0: I guess, uh, from what I understand, that will be totally up to the Attorney General.
1: Maine Susan Collins says she would vote for a congressional resolution disapproving of President Trump's emergency declaration to build a border wall, becoming the first Republican senator to publicly back it. In New York, the wounded supervisor of a police detective killed by friendly fire was among the mourners attending his funeral. Detective Brian Simonson was killed as officers started shooting at a robbery suspect last week. Commissioner James O'Neill was among the speakers today at Simonson's funeral. It's a
0: tremendous weight to bear knowing that your choices will directly affect the lives of others. The cops like Brian don't shy away from it. It's the very foundation of who they are and what they do.
1: The robbery suspect and a man police say acted as his lookout have been charged with murder. I'm Ed Donahue.